The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. This is iHeartRadio's PrattCast with Stephanie Pratt and Wells Adams. All right, Hills, yeah, time for another episode of the PrattCast. Wells Adams here with the star of the show, Stephanie Pratt. How are you? I'm great. Please call me Steph. Yes. Have we not gone over this? I know, but I was trying to do like my like... Announcer voice. Welcome everybody into the broadcast. We have Stephanie Pratt and Wells Adams. Um, you'd be like one of the go- those like really good rodeo cowboy yeah. announcers. <laughs> this all <laughs> falls apart, which it might at any point. Right. Uh, yes, I'll be a, a rodeo clown announcer. I feel like it's been so long. I know. I've You've been, been gone. I've been flying around the country. I was in New York twice in two weeks. What? Yeah. How does that make sense? Well, I flew out there for like a day to do this audition thing that, I, that I'm not really allowed to talk about. But, um, talk about it right uh, okay, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it for? What's the job? I realize that NDAs mean nothing to you, but nothing. I'm terrified of lawyers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went out there for uh, like it was like a chemistry read for a show, for like a hosting gig for Ooh. a show. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Oh my God, I'm going to go on Yelp and just review you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how it works, but Wells okay. Wells Adams. Yeah. Excellent. Also, <laughs> also, Quidoba. Terrible earlier today. Huh? Quidoba. It's like a Mexican restaurant. Oh, lol. I thought that was like your <laughs> chemistry friend. <laughs> I don't live in the valley. Uh, or is it north? It's, it's in the north, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's Winterfell. Um, okay, so. So wait, how'd the audition go? I think it went well, but you never know with those things, you know? Um, was I mean, it uncomfortable? No, I don't. I very rarely feel uncomfortable, um, but, but it was fun. I, I had a fun time doing it. So if nothing else, like I got like some experience out of it, but we'll see what happens. Oh, he's so humble. Yeah. Right. And um, then. OK, so why did you come back? I came back because I had to do uh, Celebrity Family Feud with Steve Harvey. Stop mustache. it. Stop. Stop. Yeah, Wait, is that coming back or is it already back? Uh, I mean, like it's it's still going, but it won't air for like I think a couple months. Oh my gosh! So you're gonna have to let us know. Yeah. Who'd so you do it with? I did it with all the the Bachelor guys. It was Eric, um, Bigger. 
It was uh, Jason Tardick. It was Blake uh, Horseman. I think that's his last name. And then uh, <laughs> and Wills. And so we played the um, we played the Victoria's Secret. Oh, stop it Angels. right now! Yeah. Oh my God. Which was so you've met models, I'm sure, uh, in your days. Yeah, I try not to. And I feel <laughs> I feel bad for models because their entire lives are predicated around everyone wanting to screw them. So they're like very standoffish to anyone with a penis. You know? Yeah. Which makes total sense. Totally. Uh, but they were all very nice to me because everyone knows I have a girlfriend, so I was like zero threat Wells. And so how did Sarah feel? She was cool with it. She was like, oh, I, she, one one of the girls like that I go up against um, is like one of her good friends. It was actually at Paris's party that night. Jasmine, really tall. They're all seven million feet tall. Beautiful girl. I can't tell you what happened, but. who? It, can you tell me who won? No, I can't tell you who won. But this is my second appearance on Celebrity Family Feud. Whoa. I got to say that the first time uh, our team won, and I actually won Fast Money, and I will say this, second time around, maybe you should have just hung it up after the first time around. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I, I always look like an idiot, but I no. feel like this is a new level of idiocracy that uh, you're about to walk into when, when Steve Harvey and I meet once again. I'm so excited. I love Steve Harvey. Yeah, I like, do too. His teeth are amazing. Everything about his him. mustache is fantastic. You know, it's you know, it's a funny thing that people don't really know about Family Feud. It's on the ticket. It says so. It says Family Feud, and then like in parentheses, it says, "But this is not a family show." Because during commercial breaks, Steve Harvey will go up and do like three minutes of like raunchy comedy t- for the audience. No way. Yeah. He'll do, like, butt stuff jokes where you're like, wow, Steve Harvey, really getting in there. Pun intended. Wait, does it, (laughs) not that, (laughs) does it air, or not air, does it film in L.A.? Yeah. It films where they do, uh, it's a CBS lot, it's like where they also do. um, Yeah, The Grove. Dancing with the Stars, yeah. Okay, so. I think so, I don't know. Did that. Did that, yeah, and then I went back to New York because I did the Today Show. Uh, Oh, my God. By the way, Kathy Lee. Wants to break off a piece. I got it. I'm just going to say it out loud. At the end of the uh, interview, she touched me on the arm and she goes, oh, you're so cute. Oh, my like, God. Ah. I love that. Yeah. Were they drinking? Yeah. And so all, I was with, it was like, a, it was called Guys Tell All, where they give relationship advice, which is stupid because no guy should ever give relationship advice about anything. You could. Yeah, I know. You but got a great relationship. That's true, but... um but, you know, it's still in the early stages, so who knows how it's going to work out. But, um, I mean, I'm sure it'll work out wonderfully. But I feel like they should have, you know, someone who's been married for like 30 years giving relationship advice. But um, every, they ask you if you want a drink before the show starts. No way. And this is at like 9 in the morning. Oh, my God. And I'm like, yeah. Mimosa. No, I was, yeah. I was like, Moscow Mule, please. Oh, God. <laughs> and all the other guys are like, you know, uh soda water and lime to make it look like I'm drinking, but I don't want to drink. And then I said, uh, I said, Moscow Mule, and they were all like, oh, okay. And then every, I like started the revolution of alcoholism in the early in the morning, and it felt really good. Good work. Yeah, so anyways, it was really fun. And then uh, Sarah was doing uh, Fallon. Um, Love him. Which was cool because they talked about me. No way. Yeah. And he he sa- knows who you are. He said, I love Wells three times, <gasps> which is pretty exciting. Not once, not twice, three times. Uh, and then she did Good Morning America, where I'm pretty sure that Michael Strahan hit on her, which is totally understandable because she's beautiful. But Michael Strahan, step off, bro. Ooh, what did he say? No, he didn't. I mean, 
I'm just okay. kidding. I'm emo. All right. And then, uh, and then her dad plays Dumbledore in the new Harry Potter on Broadway. So we went to go see uh, that performance with a bunch of our friends. So that's why I was in New York. And then I came back. And literally, I kept, got back late last night. So I'm, a li- I'm dragging ass right now. So Late last night. Yeah. Um, can we just really quick talk about last episode? Because I still have pit stains from <laughs> the stress <laughs> that happened. Kelly Catrone and you, straight up like celebrity death match. Oh, my God. Do you remember that show? It was great, right? So good. If they bring it back. They need to have you guys fight. Little claymation. Yeah, like you rip off one of her arms and it starts beating her with <laughs> her head. Um, but that was so. I, I've done radio. I was telling someone about it. I, I've been in radio since I was 16 years old. I've interviewed literally everybody. I've been on four reality TV shows where the thing is is conflict and argument. And I have never in my life been a part of an interview or anything where I felt more uncomfortable. Welcome to the hills. Yeah, I know. It's on a whole new level of drama, which I am so excited about. So I thought as a, um, maybe like a, like a coping mechanism. Oh my God, we're not calling her again. No, we are. No. Okay. I don't think she will ever the worst surprise. answer that call again. <laughs> um, I thought it would be fun if we reenacted the original scene from the hills where you meet Kelly Catrone mm-hmm. and we both play it out, but, uh, you be Kelly, oh, and I'll be Steph. Ooh, do you okay. like it? Love. Okay, so we printed out the script here. Um, oh my goodness! Are you ready? Oh, this is the exact scene. Yeah. So Hills, I'm done with you. Season five, ep three. Stephanie Pratt and Kelly Catrone interview. Okay, so I'm Kelly. You're Kelly. Hi, how are you? I've heard a lot about you. You look very professional today. Okay, good. Are you okay? I'm really nervous. You seem nervous. I haven't done an interview in a really long time. This is my resume. I don't really read resumes, but I will read yours since you brought it. (laughs) My final objective in life is to have a handbag line. So I really wanted to work here just to see um, you have like a lot. You have a lot of like great designers here and the PR and you guys do uh, really awesome stuff. And I just want to like, see how I can brand my bags. So you basically want to use my experience, my clients and their inside knowledge to ultimately leave here and go make your own handbag line. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, this is eventually in like a decade. I mean, I'm planning to, like, work a lot of different jobs. You should be able to move quicker than that, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's good to have life goals, but I'm running a business, so I'd like to know more about what your goals are. How do you know about people's revolution? I'm I'm going into, like, a man voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because that's how you hear in your head, probably. Yeah, like like authority. Like an angry troll. Or, like, prison guard. Yeah, prison guard. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard a Should I do your voice? Please do. Well, I've heard a lot about you from <laughs> Fitham and, um. But make sure you go in between yeah, the yeah, accents. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is that where you go to school? Yes. Do you know how to use a computer? Yes. Do you know how to print labels and all of those things? Labels? Yeah. Like you get a label, put it. <laughs> in the printer, and then set it up on the list. And it comes out of the magical machine. And then you, is it 
Stickies? Oh, Stephanie. No, I, I just have never done it, but it sounds simple enough. Bonjour. Qu'est-ce que tu fais aujourd'hui? Oui? Get to speak more French now. I'm thinking. Um, Les éléments. J'habitais à Paris pour deux ans. Et toi? Do you speak French? Yeah, no, I'm just terrified. You know, I'm going to tell you, like, straight up. There's a rule that you cannot cry in this office, and there are going to be 75 million things that make you cry every day. Whatever it is, no nervousness or crying in my office. That's good. I, I want a strong backbone, so I, I'm ready for this. <sighs> are you sure? Yes. Not by this resume. Not by this resume. And scene. Okay. There was so much more. I'm, I'm happy it ended there. So was it what? Because. No, we're not talking about this again. <laughs> well, I mean, like, because you said like that she said to not pursue your dreams. But in this script, I don't hear that. There is more. That's why is I that... just said there's more. <laughs> like mentally, how are you after that whole thing? I totally forgot about it until you brought this lovely script. I'm sorry. Okay. I, I apologize for just like continuing to like draw up and, and like bring up just terrible moments in your life. But I feel like this is what this show is until the hills start, and then we'll just be bringing up terrible moments in your life that are happening currently. Oh my God. So we're going to bring all the horrible moments from the past. Yes. You're going to surprise me every week. Present and future once the show starts. Which, by the way, when is this going to happen? I cannot say. Okay. It has been pushed back. It has been? We are going to do some more filming. Okay. Why? Some stuff has happened. Yeah, more stuff? Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Okay, so like but mentally, are you're fine with it, though. I'm, today I am. Because like last episode, not only was it mentally taxing on you just in terms of like the Kelly Catrone interview and conversation, but then we also talked about like your your family um the the pressures that the show has has put on you and your relationships, whether they're whether they're family relationships or even ro romantic relationships. So, I had an idea. Mm -hmm. Oh God! I thought it would be interesting and probably uh, behoove you to bring on a therapist and talk about. I don't know, like um, some of the issues that you've got. What is this? Not is it the therapist that I have? Did you find her through my Rolodex? Is your therapist Dr. Hillary Goldsher? No. No? Ooh, another one to add to my list. Yes. All right. Well, this one, I think we're getting, this. you don't have to pay like a copay for or anything. This one is just, oh, this you, is on iHeartRadio. Heart Radio. <laughs> yeah. um, so can we bring in uh, Dr. Hillary? Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. This is a therapist for my family or? Just for like you and your relationships. We got to figure things out. We got to break things down. We got to maybe... I don't know. Pull out some emotions that you are withholding. I'm just going to buy waterproof mascara. Yeah, that's what this show should be <laughs> sponsored by. Revlon waterproof mascara. Um, Use promo code Steph's crying again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We just did um, an interview with uh, GMA. It's going to air closer to the air date. So we just did the re like recording. Yeah. And she did a lightning round, uh -huh. and one of the questions, so, like, we could answer, like, which one, like, it wasn't directed to anyone specific. And she asked, who cries the most? 
Yeah. Everyone goes, Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> we all like through the entire Hills cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know you're doing stuff right now. I'm stalling. You're stalling right now. And <laughs> my hands are clammy. Are they? <laughs> yeah, I'm your taking off are, my sweater. Are your, your palms are crying right now. Oh God, it's different when it's a therapist you you don't know. Well, we'll let's just see what <sighs> happens. If it's terrible, we'll cut it out. Sure. No, we won't. <laughs> You're sick. Uh, we're gonna bring Dr. Hillary Goldshire in in just a second, but a real quick, uh, we got a break. Mom met a lot of your demands over the years. This Mother's Day, get her the Bartesian cocktail maker that makes premium cocktails on demand. In just 30 seconds, have your choice of over 60 premium or seasonal cocktails, all at the touch of a button. Get $50 off on the Bartesian cocktail maker now when you buy one pack of cocktail capsules. So, for all the times you made a mess, get Mom the countertop cocktail system that makes premium cocktails without making any mess at all. For all the times you begged for soda, get her premium cocktail capsules made with real fruit juice and craft bitters. For all the times you demanded tacos for dinner, get her the Bartesian that mixes margaritas in just 30 seconds. Make Mom's Mother's Day and all the 364 days that aren't Mother's Day with a Bartesian cocktail maker at $50 off. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother now to get $50 off the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dr. Hillary, can you come come in here and, and sit with us? Live in the studio. Live in the I studio. love that. Okay, so I mean, like you, you heard the the kind of lead up into this, and obviously, what makes Stephanie probably amazing reality TV is that she wears her heart on her sleeve, um, and she's fantastically emotional. But she has issues with relationships, whether with her family or even um, in like the dating world. 
So I thought we'd bring you on to try to like get, kind of get to the bottom of like some of her issues. Yeah. Yeah. How would you? I mean, having issues is a is a huge umbrella. I mean, I don't know what Wells is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what issues? I'm cool. <laughs> totally stable. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I don't want to talk about my family. Yeah. Um. Today. Okay. Next time. Oh God. Okay. Um. So maybe just like my relationships with friends and dating. Yeah. Yeah. What's your dating history been like? Kind of a big question. But she how dates would you- terrible guys. Mm-hmm. We've had. We, this has been like an ongoing theme on the mm-hmm. show where she chooses guys who. Um, don't pay the bill, but then take the tip money and leave the middle of the date. So we got to not the in. tip money, the change, the change, okay, <laughs> the hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um. So my longest relationship was when I was seventeen, mm. and it was eleven months. So I've never made it to that freaking year. Um, which is really bad to say when you're dating someone. So in the past five, six years, they've all been about three months. And then I had a seven month relationship where we lived together, but then, and we were talking about like getting engaged and looking at rings. His parents had bought a place in LA so we could be, you know, transatlantic. I live in London and, um, it was all very serious. And I'm, I was on a reality show in London called made in Chelsea and they came out here to film in LA series for the summer. I showed up to filming one day. I was at my sister's house earlier giving my niece birthday presents. Showed up filming and my boyfriend, who is, I have a place here, he's living with me here, was standing like on a dock in Marina Del Rey. <clears throat> and like whenever you're near water on reality shows, it's not a good conversation. Like that's just like rule of thumb. So in London, like we're always on bridges when there's a breakup. So he's like on this dock and I'm like, don't even notice it because we're so good. Walk over and we're like, hey, hi, or I am. And he just goes straight in. Why are we pretending? Oh, wow. I was like, do you have a script? Like, what? And he was like, why are we pretending? Why are we doing this? So I was on camera, like just speechless, completely shocked. I had no idea where it was coming from. We had gone out the night before, and um, yeah, it, his my best friend was doing the interior design on the house that his parents just bought, so they could be closer to us. It was it was insane, and we never spoke again. That's devastating. Yeah, I had I had my um, agent go and pack up all my stuff in the house that we lived in in Fulham, mm-hmm. and put it all in storage. So I didn't even get to pack up my own stuff because I was stuck in LA filming. So when I did go back to London, I found an apartment through a realtor when I was in LA. So I get the key, I land, I get the keys to the apartment, open it, see it, and then straight to big yellow storage in Fulham to start getting my life and unpacking my life. So that was intense. Um, Yeah. The other relationships, all about three months, um, with horrible people. But I think that's why they end at three months, because the honeymoon's over, and then, you know, I'm like, Cinderella, Cinderella, wash my clothes, cook me food. 
but I love it. Then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm being taken advantage of. Like, he's not going to get his own place. I never asked him to move in. And like, here he is sitting on the couch while I'm going to work. And, you know, then he'll want to do like a photo and get some followers on Instagram. So I'm always very cautious that anyone I meet, and I really only meet people on TV, is that they are looking for that, you know, cover chip where it's new couple, you know, blah, blah, blah. They want that kind of, um, not fame, but they just want to be in the press. Or they ask to come on Made in Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, you you certainly have a special kind of challenge by being someone in the public eye, for sure. I mean, it, you're never quite sure when you first get never. to know someone whether or not their intentions are good. So it's sort of like all you can do is know your own, right? So I'm curious what it's like, how, how you normally show up in the world of intimacy. You know, what what are your patterns and ways of being when you start getting close to someone? I mean, I think I'm a delight. <laughs> I have got a career. I make my own money. I'm great with animals and kids. And I'm definitely the girlfriend that, you know, is cooking and cleaning and just waiting on, you know, the king. Yeah. Like I'm very much like my mom and dad or my mom. They've been married for 30 years, met on a blind date. No, like 40 years by now. But um, they just start to resent me because I work more than them. And for the last few years, I've chosen work over everyone, over my family, any relationship, my friends. So once you start seeing sort of signs that the person you've chosen isn't being fully supportive of who you are and where your life is headed and how you're moving through the world, what do you do? I'm, oh God, I get really annoyed and... Every little thing they do just pisses me off. Like, you know, if they get out of the shower, the towel's on the sofa. I'm just like, ugh, what an idiot. <laughs> and do, are you able to kind of articulate, I'm needing this as sort of a fundamental aspect of this relationship. It's not happening. Or are you more focusing on like the towel and the smaller things? Um, yeah, I don't voice it. Yeah. I just put it in this little jar until I explode. Of course. But do you think that you use that? Because we've talked about this before where you say that like the perfect time length for a relationship is like three months. Do you think that you do, that you look for those things around that three-month period to start self-destructing the relationship? I mean, you know, like when it's you, you can't really tell. But yeah. I want to say – after, you know, two and a half months, like the honeymoon stage is over and like, you know, towels on sofas. I mean, I'm not like anal like that, but I, that was just like an example. Yeah. I think um, I start to see who that person is. Like, okay, they don't work. They're always on their sofa. I know what this is going to turn into. It's going to turn into my ex, how he was always, you know, so annoyed that I'd be working all the time. And... You know, that just starts fights and I don't, I don't need that. So, so it, so I think it's them. I want to say it's them. Like I'm starting you. to see their true colors. It's never about me, Wells. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. It's not me. Well, it's definitely notable. I, I would not have earned my credentials if I don't ask you why three months seems to be the perfect amount of time for a relationship. Yeah. But I go in like fast and heavy. Yeah. 
Like, I love a vacation right away. Have you ever been in love? Yes. Yeah. That was that 17-year-old relationship? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if there's a part of you that is ultimately afraid of kind of true intimacy, where once Oh, the... no, I'm an Aries. And what does that mean to you? Ooh, Being an Aries. passionate. Uh-huh. What makes you, do you think, find ways and reasons to back out? My work schedule, my travel schedule. Like, yeah, I mean, my girlfriend, when I was just in London, she was like, okay, Steph, like, so what's your deal? You really need to start dating. Because I never look. But I also, like, don't go out. So it would be like a delivery man, like, for a chance meeting and chemistry sparks. Because I just, after work, I just want to be home, watch friends, be with my dog. I'm not, like, out looking in, you know, the bar or whatever. But I also, it's really weird because, as Wells knows, I love attention, but I only like it when I want it. So when I walk down the street, I'm always looking down. I never wear anything scandalous. I don't wear makeup. And I'm usually in a beanie or a baseball cap. Like, I like to be very, and not because, like, I think I'm famous or anything like that. I just am super low-key, and I don't want men's attention. I'm like, ew, stop. But obviously, when I do want attention, I'm like, you know, breaking out the selfies. Does it feel like something you want at this point in your life, a serious relationship? So I thought it was. So when my girlfriend was like, you, you need to start dating. And I do. I'm going to be 33 in April. And it's, you know, it's been like years since I've dated. I've Years since I've had a three-monther. But... I just went on a blind date two weeks ago, and then I had, it was great, and then met him on Raya, and then I saw him again during the day, but I was, I'm I'm going out of town tomorrow, and then I'm filming, and then I go back to London in June, and then I'm in Greece, and then I'm in the Maldives. Like, I just, I already have all these travel plans and, like, there's no room for anyone else. So it was, like, the weirdest feeling when I was, like, standing, not standing, sitting with him. Like, I was just like, this is, like, I'm looking at prison. Hmm. What do you mean? Like, this, if I pursue this, it's going to destroy all my, all my stuff. There's some way in which you feel sort of engulfed by relationships, ultimately. Well, it's just one of those things like I wouldn't want to date someone if they're always going out of town and they put work before me and, yeah. you know, and yeah. Do you, well, do you do a long distance relationship? Yeah, I did for a while. Yeah, I see. I could do those. That sounds lovely. Actually, yeah. long distance relationships are, are nice for people that are super busy because then you just you carve out the time that you're going to spend with them um, beforehand. It works. But I will say this. So obviously, like. My expertise in the dating world comes from uh, the Bachelor, the, Chris Harrison. Yes, Chris Harrison is <laughs> is my guru. But everyone will go on the show and say, "I'm ready for love. I'm ready to settle down," and that's the right thing to say. But it's not. It's rarely the truth, especially with a lot of these people who are beautiful, under thirty years old, and you know, trying to start a career in whatever type of entertainment. Um, I think that there, 
for me especially, like, because I I went through like it was nice to be on a TV show. It was nice to be recognized if I went to a bar or something. It was easy for me to get dates and stuff, which I think it probably is easy for. You're beautiful. It's, it should be easy for you to get dates. Um, no, I disagree. no one asked me out. I just okay. Well, they're probably intimidated by you, but there there came a time in my life where I was like I. I want to have a relationship now. There's like this this big hole in my life that I that I that I'm ready now to fill this thing. And I think that you can't truly allow yourself to fall in love until you're like this is what I really want. And it just sounds like that that's just something that that you really really want. Like the whole Maldives thing, dude, you could have a relationship with someone and still travel. Hell, they could travel with you. You you can FaceTime with them and phone sex with them and like it's very doable. It feels like a job. That is not a good sign, I feel like. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think what we're, Wells and I are now teaming up to suss out, which is like, <laughs> is it like a logistical thing that is um, doable, you know, where there's just sort of practical solutions? Or is it really a time in your life where you're like, it's just not what I want right now? Or are there like a set of psychological dynamics that have you kind of shut down and these, uh, you know, sort of practicalities and logistics are part of what you use to to sort of ward off the possibility of intimacy. I, I don't really know. The last yeah. sounded completely smart. right. Yeah. I mean, it's int- smart. Yeah, she used big words. Like <laughs> yeah. <it>. Well, I mean, in what <laughs> we you like said it. at the beginning, not, and, and I certainly don't want to push you in an area that's, Please that's do. private. I want to learn. I'm but desperate to know. I, I find as a relationship expert, I mean, how people move through their romance, romantic, romantic, their um, intimate relationships is often a reflection of the dynamics that exist in their family of origin, you know, and you said at the beginning, you don't want to talk about your family and I, I don't want to push you on that, but I, I'm sure it's related, whatever stuff. I don't even think so. My brother has been with his wife. He's a one woman man for yeah. like 11 years, maybe yeah. 12. Yeah. My mom and dad, you know, like 40 years. So I also have these standards that mm. are super high mm-hmm. and actually, Wells. I don't think I've ever told you this, but years ago we we're watching The Bachelor Years ago, maybe 10 years ago, my mom, dad, and I, I was at their house. And my dad was like, Stephanie, would you ever go on the show? And I was like, uh, no, unless I was the bachelorette. Duh, I would love that. And he was like, okay, good, good. I just never want you to be one of those girls that, you know, has to fight for the guy that you like. Because, you know, you'll find the right guy. But I don't even want you to. Like, I'd prefer it if you never got married and stay single. My mom's like, skip. But (laughs) I was like, thank you, dad. So it's kind of like the opposite of all my friends where they're like, you're 30. Why aren't you married? My dad is like promoting me to just die alone. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that even impacts how you think about choosing someone that they have to be perfect and live up to the standard my mom always says you're never going to meet someone like your dad and i always say when i'm interviewed i just want literally someone like my dad he's Mm. so smart but like mainly thoughtful and generous he's just he's such an a one one woman guy um but there's just no one out there like him and so then i'm like okay well there's no one out there i don't have time to like be trying to date and also, I know how it ends up. What makes you say that? I mean, when you're dating someone for three months, you're able to date a lot of people that year. Mm-hmm. And it all ends up the same. They 
present me because I put work first and, you know, our conversations are usually about like what happened at filming, blah, blah, blah. Or they use me for money or for getting in magazines. So I just know like there's not, they're going to get something out of me. Like when I am seeing someone, they're using me no matter what. You know what it sounds like though? It sounds like you're not choosing the type of person. It seems like you continue to choose people that will end up inevitably do those things to you. Like it sounds like you need to find a guy who is independently successful. Um, D- doesn't give a crap about Instagram or right? t- TV shows. I would shows. love so much to not have Instagram. You know, but you keep on you keep on running into these kind of like, for lack of a better term, losers. I think we need to find you like a winner. They're all married. No. Okay, so hold I'm, on. I'm going to wait for the divorcee round. Yeah? Yeah. Round like two is, early, is in steps. The, like early, my early 40s. Oops. Well, I think if there's this sort of habitual pattern of, you intersecting with or choosing people that have this tendency to take advantage of you or use you. And it sort of feels like you, you already know the end of the story. You already know the last chapter. They're not going to be like your dad. Totally. You, you know, there's a party that's sort of sitting out of the game anyway. Like you've kind of benched yourself, you know, you're just kind yeah. of going through the motions. Is that a security blanket though? Like, like knowing that failure is inevitable then you can't be really hurt because you never emotionally let yourself to be hurt by someone you care about? But Wells, you know how open and honest I am with my feelings. Like, I don't think I protect myself from being hurt because I, when I'm hurt, like, it's not like I don't communicate and... But I do think, I do think you do that because, do-do, I do think you do that because you're you're not dating people that you can get past the third month with. So that's your wall that you're putting up for your those emotional that emotional barrier. In a way, it's easier to be open and vulnerable with people who aren't in the caliber of men that you should be dating. Do you know what I mean? There's like a comfort in it because you sort of know it's not going to go anywhere. You sort of know your emotional needs aren't going to get met. So being open and honest, which is by the way, an incredible quality, which will serve you well with the right person, you know, but it, it doesn't kind of help because you're choosing people that can't respond to your needs. You know, they can't take it in. I'm just choosing what's available. Okay. I'm going to set you up with somebody. Okay. I'm going to set you up with somebody that I think is in the caliber of your badassery. Wait, are you friends with him? Because I could destroy this friendship. No, yes, we're really good friends. Uh-oh. So, okay, he was uh, he was on The Bachelorette with me. Oh, my God. Wells. Okay. Does he have a job? What was his title? Dreamer. He's, uh, he is in finance. Okay, normal. Uh, he, he lives in New York. He works in finance. He's independently wealthy. He's very successful. He doesn't really care about the TV thing. He just but he went on it. I, I mean, it was still a fun adventure for him. But he like he's not like selling ads on Instagram to like make his living. Like he goes and works at a bank every day. But like right now, my like quickest thought was, okay, he went on a TV show. Sure, he's not doing that anymore. But if he gets, not, it's not an opportunity. It's probably like bad luck. If he has the bad luck in dating me, he's gonna want to jump into that entertainment stuff again. I know it. I know it. If he's already been on TV, he's going to 
reap the benefits of dating me. Yeah, but you're also on TV. Yeah. You know, like. But I'm so not I, I'm I, not a guy like they're getting sex. They're getting on TV. They're getting their laundry done. They're getting, you know, cooked meals. They're getting everything. What do I get? A job to make sure they feel needed because my work is my priority. So if I fly out my friend Derek. Who on iHeartRadio I, money. On, yeah. <laughs> if I get someone from iHeart to fly him out, <laughs> will you go on a date with him? Can I see a photo? Yes. Do you know who he looks like? Did you ever watch The Office? Dwight? No, he doesn't look like Dwight. <laughs> I got no service down here. He looks like uh, Jim Halper. He looks like uh, John Krasinski. Do you think this is a good idea or think this is a bad idea? You know, Can you be there? <laughs> Maybe I should Can be I like have an earpiece? Ear, yeah. I was going to say. I think it's a good idea for you to practice trusting your ability to decide if someone's appropriate. Really. I, you, a lot of the people you're going to meet are going to be in the business. It just is. I mean, unless you withdraw completely for like five years or something. But it's just like, I wish they had like, be the cameraman, you know? I get it. I get like, it. You, you've been. Don't, you know, go on a show and be like. picture is being passed over. So we'll pause for her response. No. No? No. What's wrong with him? I'm not going to say it on air. You have to. He's not my type. What is your, okay, hold on. So this is a very interesting thing that I remember learning about myself when I was on the show is that there were a bunch of people that weren't my type and I was watching people dating people that weren't their types and them falling in love because here's the deal. Your type has always been a failure. But I have to be attracted to them. I want to like, it's not a job if like I want to come home and jump on them, you know? I'm I'm asking Wells to get another picture. Just in case. Um, this is going poorly. I I know what Wells oh God, is getting at, flown which, him out? which I don't think is a bad premise. Even if you don't feel initially attracted to him, and we're getting another picture just to make sure. Okay, but I will go on a second, third date with someone just because my mom on her blind date, she said that my dad didn't talk once, and then she saw him again, even though she was like, "What a freak," and he like was just so nervous that first date and. You know, he opened up more, and there it was. So, like, I always give people a second chance, unless they're rude to a waiter. Then I'm like, you suck. Yeah. Well, because there's something that's making you continue to say yes to guys that end up taking advantage of you or using you. And so it might be a good idea to go out with someone who you sort of know, you know well, so that that isn't who this person is. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, every guy that you— Well, this is so not my type. This is, like, I as don't even far— know, I don't know what your type is. I told you, Garrett Headland. Okay, well, I don't have his number in my phone. Um, but hold, here's the thing. Every, every story that I've heard about guys that haven't worked out with you, there's a common denominator. The common denominator is they're, they're unsuccessful. Yes. Okay? So I went and found my most successful friend. He has a master's degree. He's in finance. He owns like three houses. Really smart guy, really good looking dude. And I just think that you should, you guys should at least go on a date just to see what happens. Oh, I will never turn down a date. God, that sounded desperate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
like one, a, come I all. Like a, I just had to like do like a long list of uh, reasons why you should go on a date for, with him for you to accept it. Uh-huh. You said, I will never turn on the date. Yeah. Even though initially you were like, no, he's not my type. But oh, I was yeah, like, he's always X, still going to go. Okay. All right, well, we're going to find out here. You guys are going to go on a date. Are you going to be on it? No, but then we're going to bring him in. No. Yep. Oh, my God. And we're going to talk about it. With him? Yeah, I want, I, I want to see what, what's going on. And and uh, Dr. Hillary will be there, too. Thank God. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I I actually think we should look at it not so much, like, if you happen to connect and hit it off, great. But more of an exercise of, like, I'm sure you've had this before, but at this point in your life, like, what's it like to be treated well by someone, to be respected and taken out, and with someone who doesn't have another agenda? It sounds like you know that to be true, Wells. And just see what that feels like. Just have that experience. Yeah. It's so hard because I'm just so, like, happy with myself. Like, I I can go weeks without talking to someone. Like, and I like that. I, you know, I talk to my dog, but. Yeah, but that's an unfulfilled life. But is it? Yes, because look, look at the happiness that your brother and his wife have I, or your dad and your mom have. Trust me, when I go to my parents' house and I'm in the fridge, all of the photos on the fridge are of their grandchildren. Yeah. And I, I realized the other day, I was like, you know what? That's how you repay your parents for everything they've done. You repay them with grandchildren. And I actually got pretty like deep in my thoughts and went on a little rabbit hole and got really emotional. And I was just like, my parents have done so much. The fridge is covered with, you know, four grandchildren and I've got like a photo of me on a horse, but I just was like, like, I feel really bad. Like my parents are probably like, not my dad, my mom's probably like, okay, well, she's my, you know, I'm not going to have any grandchildren with her for her. Yeah. You know, this is what stands out to me and I, I kind of keep circling back to it, but you keep dating people who have this similar tendency, right? That you find out are taking advantage of you mm-hmm. in some way or want something from you. And the question to me, isn't that like, are you doing something to like, draw people like that to you but the question is when they're in your sphere why are you letting them stay even for three months you know that you've had so many stints of three months with people like that even after the but it starts off good but at some point before three months now I'm like way more yeah um I don't know what the word is but like I because it's happened so many times, I'm, like, way more, like, privy to, like, noticing it. Yeah. But before, like, two years ago, three months were fine because, you know, it wasn't until it happened for, like, the fifth time that I was like, okay, well, they're all using me. But until then, like, the three months was fine because I was naive and gullible. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's the part we need to kind of shore up within you, you know, that that... I mean, it's sort of a sweetness, but that, you know, naivete and gullibility that makes probably part of you vulnerable and appealing and charismatic and all those wonderful things about you, but that you want to kind of shore up a little bit so that people who don't get through your filter, do you know what I mean? For even like date number two, you know, and that someone like Derek, and I'm not saying this is like the guy for you, I don't know Derek, but that, right, that (laughs) someone who has like a resume at least, or like someone who can vouch on their behalf, um, that these qualities that are so important to you exist, like gets through you know what I mean that too much of your time and days have been spent with people like that in your romantic life and that like to me that's 
more than like, will you get married and have grandchildren? I'm sure you will. I mean, I don't know, five years or 10 years or two years. You will. I just decided this summer that I was open to having kids. Ah. Like I'm a yeah. real late bloomer. Well, Still this- waiting for my boobs to grow in. <laughs> Well, some of this is evolving for you, though, and that's okay. I mean, that's kind of your personal journey. If, like, there's a part of you that hasn't wanted, like, or hasn't either been ready for or hasn't wanted or hasn't known or all those things intersecting to make it very messy and confusing that you're just evolving into, like, yes, I'm a woman who wants these things. Then I get super paranoid, like, and that's why I'm like, oh, my God, I should look on Raya or whatever because I'm so set in my ways. I've always lived by myself. And I like, you know, specific things like that. I'm scared uh, that I'm going to get crazier and crazier and crazier. Just, you know, mm-hmm. when like you can't share with someone, like you can't like share a space that I'm so set in my ways. And that is like probably what I think about the most. And like when I, yeah, I'm really worried that the older I get, the harder I'm going to make it on myself, not on purpose, but just being so used to being alone and doing everything for myself. I mean, like, I have a toolkit. I painted my own walls. Ah. You know, like, I don't need a guy. These yeah. Are, these are that sexy just to a guy. <laughs> I, I think what you're saying is real. I, I think it is, by definition, true that as you get older, not that you're old, but as you get yeah. older, that you're yeah. more set in your ways. And it is harder to adjust to living totally. with someone. I think it's a real thing. And you might struggle and you might mess up in that process. But growing together with someone and kind of moving through those challenges is part of what builds intimacy and like family. So do you think I should date someone my age or older or younger? I, mean, I, I don't know if I have an answer. I just think that you should date someone who's evolved and has a life that's full and can offer something to you. You know, is, that, so often, nice. is that often someone who's like around your age or older? Sure. But is it sometimes not? Yeah. You know, I think it's more about finding someone who's like on their own sort of, established emotionally mentally financially professionally i mean it sounds like this guy is (laughs) starting off horribly right Right. but no i want someone with their own life their own career their own money and then i i have that on my own and then we have a life together insist on it never date someone again who doesn't have that i I would just make that a rule for yourself insist on it you deserve it anyways in in, in fear of you turning into a crazy cat lady, we're setting you up on a date, all right? And I want to get to the bottom of this whole thing, and I think it'll be interesting for you to go on a date with Derek, who, by the way, I vouch for, super solid dude, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He Let's was say my- goodbye to that friendship. I mean, well, I don't, <laughs> trust me, I don't think, I don't think anything's going to happen with that. Uh, but Does I want Derek. No, he's going out with stuff. Oh yes. yeah, okay. I was in. I was in, I was in. I was just in New York. I was with him. And we, I was talking you up, and he was really excited about it. What did he think of Stephanie's picture? Well, Stephanie's I mean, like by definition yeah. is beautiful. <laughs> so he was like, "Yeah, cool, With Stephanie, totally." Oh, thanks, guys. Uh, he was excited about it, so it made me sad to hear you're like, "No, he's not my type, Derek." <laughs> like, also, like Derek is like a one of like the prettiest men I've ever met in life. So that was 
throwing me for a curveball. But regardless, I hope he's not listening to this. I, I'm not going to allow him to listen to this at all. Thank you. Um, but I do think that you should go on this date, no matter what happens. I, listen, I I don't think you guys are going to get married, but I do think that you have constantly dated guys that were not of uh, your caliber, and I do think this guy is one of those. So I want you guys to go on a date, and then I want you guys to both come back here, and I want to bring Dr. Hillary Goldshire back, and I want us to break it down and see if we can really get to the root of this whole thing. Okay, last thing. I just want you to, like, have the heads up. I am, like, first dates, I love them. So I went on one on the hills, and it was blind date, and, like, after it, the producer's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, you guys really hit it off. You were, like, bam, 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 and smiling and laughing. And I was like... Oh, no, I don't want to see him again. And they're like, what? And I was like, I just had a fun dinner with him. So I love, I have a lot of fun. Like, that's the problem. Like, you'll you'll never be able to tell if I'm not into it because I can have fun with, like, a stone, you know? I find fun everywhere I go. (laughs) Well, it'll be, that's good to know. And it'll be interesting if that's how it goes, that if you have this like sort of energetic date, but we find out behind the scenes you weren't feeling, you know, chemistry or attracted, that we can at least break that down. You know, why not? And what does that mean in terms of how you evaluate who's appropriate for like a second date or something? But that's good to know that we may see that or we may hear that that's how it went regardless. Hopefully, see, I'd really like you to be there. Just like at another table, you know? We're not doing a Hills episode where there's like producers and camera people around. Just normal date. You guys, I need cameras. No, no. <laughs> it's weird without cameras. Um, Dr. Uh, Hillary Goldshire, thank you so much for stopping by. My pleasure. I'm excited to come back and hear the next phase of this process. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Okay, so we broke it down for you. And yep. then so the next episode is really the therapy. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. We're going to get some answers here. Okay. All right. We're running out of time, so. Okay. Thank you so much for hopefully saving my life. (laughs) Thanks for having me. No pressure. Real quick. In and out or Shake Shack on three. One, two, three. Shake Shake Shack. Shack. Oh, yeah. Um, For my birthday, there's one in London, like in Covent Garden. Really? They have it in London? Yes. And now they've got like four over there. What? Like, it was before it even came to L.A. Shake Shack is my life. Cheeseburgers are my number one favorite food. Really? Shake, there's nothing better than Shake Shack. Dude, right? I, I swear on my life, you guys. All natural Angus beef burgers. Didn't even know that. Loving me more. We've got them outside the studio. We're about what? to crush. Oh, if that's a joke. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> what are those, how terrible of a person do you think I am? No, it's just, you know, the hills. Uh, you never know it's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there really Shake Shack? If there is, I, there I is. need to go right now. Dude. I've got to go to the bathroom walls. I need to yeah, eat. is that where you're going right now? <laughs> okay, uh, maybe we should end. <laughs> yeah, let's just go eat some Shake Shack. Yes. Shakeshack.com to find one near you. Apparently one in London. Three in London. Yep. Dang. Uh, you want to do the, the outro? I, don't we do it together now? Yeah. Well, you okay? Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Hills, yeah. Show's over. Yeah. Follow Prattcast on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. The 
Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.